Welcome to CEC Explains, your deep dive into fascinating subjects from the worlds of engineering and the environment, brought to you by civil and environmental consultants. And now from our CEC studios around the nation, this is CEC Explains. Today, we will be chatting with CEC principal, Andy McCorkle, about the new revision of the standard for phase one environmental site assessments. Hi, Andy, and welcome. Hi, AJ, happy to be here. Thanks for joining us. So are phase one assessments pretty straightforward? They're actually not. Um, there's some, you know, real simple, you know, sort of components to it. Um, you know, number one being a desktop research, number two, asking people who know about the property, about the property, essentially interviews. Uh, and then the, the third part being a walk around the property to look for things. And the, the last piece being that environmental database search and uh, historical research into the property. So, so those are pretty consistent. Those are broad brush uh, items that, that are done in phase ones. But, um, uh, but the, the standard itself, uh, you know, just the, the guide, the guidebook for, for phase one assessments is nearly 50 pages long. Wow. Um, so it's, uh, there, there's a, there are a lot of pieces, parts, because there are so many different types of properties. There's so many different kinds of scenarios across the country. Uh, you can imagine all the way from, you know, a, a piece of property in, in Manhattan to uh, you know, a, a farm field in the middle of Iowa uh, and everything in between. You know, Pittsburgh being one where, you know, all these old factories that are, you know, now ballparks and and conference centers and hotels, the uh, the range of properties is incredible, and that's part of the thing that that the uh, the task group wrestles with. Uh, you know, are all the concerns that people have about you know specific instances. Uh, you know, what happens in Arizona is actually quite a bit different than what happens in Massachusetts. So, sure. Yeah. Why is ASTM revisiting the standard for phase one environmental site assessments? Okay, by ASTM's policy, every eight years, a standard has to be either reissued the way it is, revised, or essentially the, the standard will sunset, um, it goes away. So this is you know, the eighth year in the cycle. Uh, the last standard was revised in 2013. And so it's time to, uh, to take a look at this again. And so 2021, the ASTM is going to issue a revised standard. Can you walk me through ASTM's process to revise a standard and who is involved? ASTM establishes committees and task groups for each of the categories of, of standards and practices that it establishes. In this case, uh, there's a task group for the 1527 standard, and that's comprised of more than 200 individuals from across the country. And those individuals are divided into two basic groups, uh, the first group being those who use phase ones, and the second group being those who produce phase ones. Users wind up being lawyers, banks, lending institutions, insurance companies, and the producers are, of course, environmental consultants like us. That's a lot of people involved in this. Would you agree that 
most phase one practitioners feel the current standard is good enough? I would agree. I think the standard is good. Um, I think we all can understand that it's a large document. There are parts of it that are confusing. It's a consensus document. Many, many people have worked on it. The language in certain sections, we think, can be clarified. And so the purpose for the, the, the changes that are upcoming, it's not to make any changes in the way phase ones are done. It's not to revise any of the major components of a phase one, but it's really being, we hope, improved to you know, clarify certain items that some folks find confusing. The other objective of this, this revision is to try to get more consistency across the, uh, the industry. We all know that there are certain folks who prepare maybe substandard phase one reports. Um, we'd like to see those you know, brought up to a, a higher standard. What does the task group hope to gain from the revisions? The idea is to have consultants produce better reports um, to get more consistency across the industry, like I said before. We know one of the objectives of a phase one ESA is to comply with US EPA's all appropriate inquiries or AAI role. Has US EPA been involved in the process and provided any comment on the proposed revisions? EPA has been involved all along. Uh, Patricia Overmeyer, uh, the head of US EPA's Brownfields program in Washington is part of the task group. And she's provided significant comment uh, as, as we've made revisions to this. And in a, I would say help to be the, the bumpers on the bowling alley, if you will, from <laughs> US EPA's perspective as we're making these changes. Uh, and, and the process, the, the way it will work uh, is that ASTM will revise this standard. It'll issue, uh, publish the standard, uh, make it public. And US EPA will then issue a federal register statement that indicates that, that the ASTM 152721 um, will comply with AAI. Can you give us any highlights as to the kind of changes we might expect to see in the new standards? As I indicated earlier, the task group's goal is really to provide clarification and consistency across, uh, across the industry. Um, I don't think there are going to be significant changes that require additional scope or additional effort uh, that would increase the cost of phase ones. Basically, the standard's going to be revised to require what most everybody does, uh, especially with historical research. Right now, there's a requirement to research at least one of the historical resources, um, but now the, the standard is going to be revised to uh, require the consultants to look at the big four. And those big four are historical fire insurance maps, historical aerial photographs, topographic maps, and street directories. So the consultants are going to have to look at those for both the subject property and the, the surrounding properties or the adjacent properties. Uh, the, the other thing that, that I, I think the big change uh, that everybody's going to notice right away uh, it, is that the, the term property in uh, the, the standard is now going to be referred to as the subject property. Uh, the property that we are looking at in terms of the phase one that is uniformly throughout the standard going to be refer referred to as the subject property.
Can you give us an example of how historical research is being used currently? The way it's being done right now is, and, and this is not going to change with the new standard. Um, you know, most consultants, you know, they hire a, uh, a, a database provider uh, that you know, sends them the information that generally includes the big four that I mentioned before. Uh, oftentimes, some of those resources are not reasonably ascertainable. You can't get them, or there's not enough map coverage, or there are not aerial photographs that extend back to 1940 or before. So there's really not going to be any significant change in the way things are done. There's just going to be clarification in the standard on which historical resources the consultants should go to. When does ASTM expect to have the new standard published and released to the public? Right now, the current uh, plan is, is to finish our balloting process, to finish revising the standard, uh, getting it out for consensus, getting everyone to, to agree on it um, before October or November. And at that time, uh, ASTM will go ahead and issue the standard. Right behind that, in December or January of 2022, US EPA will issue its federal register that, that signifies 1527 standard complies with AAI. Thank you, Andy, for joining us for this episode. Before we go, can you summarize the main takeaways regarding the upcoming changes? I think the biggest takeaway is that changes are being made to clarify, not to make any changes that cause additional scope or additional costs. Uh, what the task group wants uh, is more consistency across the uh, industry, um, getting consultants to prepare better reports. And I think that's the, the main, main takeaway. If our listeners want to learn more about the changes, where can they go for more information? CEC will be holding a webinar in June 2021 and that'll be after the current round of balloting and uh, revisions. And hopefully that's close to the final uh, product that, that'll be produced later this year. Uh, so watch in June 2021 for a, uh, a webinar that uh, CEC will be producing for its clients and others. Thank you for listening to this episode of CEC Explains, brought to you by Civil and Environmental Consultants. Got a question about this episode or an idea for our next one? Reach out to us at cecinc.com slash podcast. Don't miss an episode of CEC Explains. Subscribe now wherever you find podcasts. Because when CEC Explains, you're always invited to listen.